Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. In today's show, I'm joined by Natasha O'Neill, a Coast Guard veteran and recent Orion job seeker. Natasha has an interesting career path that started in law enforcement and led her to a job in sales. In this episode, Natasha discusses her career path before and after the military, challenges she faced, and what ultimately led her to a career as an account executive. Natasha also shares valuable advice for other military job seekers on how to succeed in the civilian sector. If you have any questions about this show or suggestions for a future episode, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Natasha, welcome to the show. Hey, Megan, how's it going today? Good. Like I was telling you before I started um, recording this, I'm excited to talk to you today because I know you came pretty highly recommended by some of the recruiters who worked with you. And typically I'm interviewing people that have accepted positions with other companies, not with Orion. So this will be a little bit different, but I, of course, want your perspective and insight and anything that can help our job seekers and anyone who's listening to this. So um, I want to dig into that a little bit more during our time together today, but if you could kick us off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, that would be great. Sure. I mean, uh, I grew up on the outskirts of Manhattan uh, from 2006 to 2011. I worked as a full-time special police officer where I performed law enforcement, 911 dispatching. I managed the records department. And then during my time at the police department, I was actually attending community college full-time. However, after I received my associate's degree, um, I couldn't pay for it anymore. I couldn't afford tuition, and I didn't want to get stuck in student loans. The military is something that I always thought about as a teenager, but never really, you know, had the cojones to go and do it. And at that time in my life, I decided to enlist in the Coast Guard so I could ultimately, you know, pay for school, serve my country, see the world. While I was in the military, I started working as a boat crew member doing search and rescue, ice ice rescue, some law enforcement. Then I later specialized in human resources. And when I was when I was in training for that, I was actually uh, offered the opportunity to become a recruit instructor in the boot camp and help train over 800 recruits and Coast Guardsmen. And that's pretty awesome. That's one of the highlights of my life. And then once the contract ended, my original goal was to finish school. So as of May, uh, May 2018, I just finished my bachelor's degree from Fordham, go Rams. And I was able to land a job at Orion as an account executive. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on earning your bachelor's degree. Um, Did you, so you wanted, that was always something that you wanted to go back and finish school. Did you have a particular degree in mind that you wanted to pursue? And is that what you ended up pursuing? I pretty much changed my mind a million times over. Um, I ended up just kind of getting a degree in communications. If I could go back, I'd probably do uh, econ or finance, but communications, you know, it's still good. It's applicable to all different sorts of industries. So, you know, I'm glad, uh, I'm happy with my choice. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I'm a communications major, too, so (laughs) I think it serves both of us well. It's gotten me some great internships, so I'll say that much. I got to intern at CNBC, which was pretty awesome. Oh, wow. That is really cool. That's definitely, that's awesome. So, you know, Natasha, a couple questions I have for you based on what you just shared about yourself. 
so your military background, you said that, you know, joining the military was something that you had kind of always thought about. And it was just also an avenue for you to explore the world and kind of travel. So I want to talk about that a little bit. What is, did you get to travel a lot while you were in the Coast Guard? And what were some of the cooler places that you went to? Well, oddly, I didn't get to leave the country. Um, it's kind of needs of the service. Yes, I wanted to, but it just didn't happen for me. Everybody else mm-hmm. got to. I, <laughs> I, but where I ended up, I learned so much. So I'm from right outside New York City, and my first duty station was Bayfield, Wisconsin, which is all the way at the top on the Great Lakes, and um, the population mm-hmm. – I believe was 485, but that was in, yeah, that was in the summertime when people decided to live there. So I'd say population 200 something year round. Um, (laughs) I learned a lot there. I saw some really cool stuff that nobody will ever, you know, people may not get to see in their lifetimes. Um, Blue ice. And then I transferred to Duluth, Minnesota, which I was doing the same stuff, ice rescue, search and rescue, but Duluth, Minnesota, I think it's colder than Alaska, actually, And but there was wow. people there. It's it's like a little city. It was really cool, though, and um, Minnesota is probably my favorite state. Uh, I did training. Oh, wow. I'm had sure a- not many other people from New York would say that Minnesota was their favorite state. It's, yeah, it's really, really nice. The people are so nice there. And, um, I mean, the winters are brutal. I I couldn't Mm -hmm. live there any longer than I had to. But other than the winters, it's probably my favorite. I did some training in Northern California for a little bit and ended up, uh, my last active duty station was in Cape May, New Jersey, and I'm originally from northern New Jersey, so I was at the bottom, and I was basically three hours from home. Very cool. So how long in total did you serve in the Coast Guard? A little over four years of active duty and a little over one year of the reserves. Very cool. Was there anything about that branch in particular that made you want to join, or did you kind of explore any other branches of service as well? I thought about the Air Force, but realistically, when I went to the Coast Guard office, it just felt right there. And Coast Guard kind of got in my head at that time because their their intelligence um, sector was pretty much almost brand new at the time. And I just thought it was really awesome because I was coming with a law enforcement background and Coast Guard is owned by Department of Homeland Security, so I thought it would be a good fit. And yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting with your law enforcement background. I feel like a lot of veterans will consider a career in law enforcement after their time in service. So for you, it just kind of was flip flop. Oh yeah, law enforcement was my original like goal in life. Um, however you know, you go through things, you experience new things. For instance, when I was in the Coast Guard, I never would have thought I was going to be a recruit instructor. I never thought I I was going to do training or do public speaking and, you know, teaching finance and all these little things that happened to me throughout my career kind of rolled into something else. And, uh, you know, I got that internship at CNBC 
because of, you know, not only my finance uh, background, but also the, uh, the communications major and me being a veteran. And then I ended up having a, having a Wall Street internship too after that. So it kind of all just lined up like dominoes, like one thing into the next. Mm-hmm. And definitely a unique background. I think that that kind of speaks to what a lot of our job seekers would like to hear. You know, I think I've seen some statistic. It's like it's definitely over 50 percent um, of veterans that want to do something different than their military occupation. And so I think, you know, your story here just kind of illustrates that you are not limited to what you've done in the past. And as long as you're willing to work hard and learn how to do something new really the opportunities are endless. Yeah, I think you just have to keep an open mind because I have friends who they decided, you know, what they were going to do when they were 18, going to college, and they went to college for it, became whatever job they, you know, whatever position they landed in. And they're, you know, they're in their 30s now and realizing that they're unhappy And I think it's important to be open to other opportunities and find out what it is that you like, what it is that you're good at, you know, what speaks to you more, what you could see yourself doing 20 plus years of. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, a lot of times there's a certain level of growth that comes along with each experience that maybe leads you in a different direction. So that openness is definitely what's going to keep you satisfied and um, feeling like you're learning and growing and all of those things. So you basically went from law enforcement, Coast Guard, CNBC. You've got this really diverse background. So I want to fill in some of the blanks here and um, maybe, I guess, retrace our steps a little bit. So how did you initially connect with Orion? Well, I, it's funny because when I was getting out of the military, I was trying to garner all these, you know, veteran resources and Orion was one of them. So I followed Orion on LinkedIn and I would see that they would post job opportunities every now and then. And I set up an account, put my resume in, applied, and then there was one sales job in particular um, that I was applying for. And I actually saw that someone who I went to high school with works at Orion. So I contacted him and asked about the uh, the hiring conferences. I was asking if they were kind of like a job fair. How do I go? Is it invite only? Do I just show up? Where do I find the information? And he told me he was going to put me in touch with a recruiter. And so he told me how to go about it. I contacted uh, Lauren Breton, the recruiter. I sent her an email. I left a voicemail. I basically sent her a long email, which was practically a cover letter on why I should come to the conference. And it was very last (laughs) minute. As she called me, we hit it off on the phone. And she, she had told me that Orion was looking for an account executive. And I, you know, I said, yeah, I'd be, I'd be open to it. So when I went to the hiring conference, I saw the team, I saw their interaction with each other. I thought this is a good work culture and uh, it turned out to be my number one pick and, and here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So Natasha, do you think that your interest from your time in the military with like recruiting and training, is that you think what kind of eventually led you to an interest in sales? Absolutely. I mean, that had part of it. 
The thing that I like about sales, well, the thing from the military that gave me the confidence for sales was because, um, you know, having to get up in front of people and sell to the recruits that they want to be there every single day because it's boot camp, it's tough. So, you know, you have to keep them motivated. And uh, just public speaking in general, being able to talk to someone and also having to deal with your higher ups, talking to being able to communicate effectively, basically. So that had to do with it. But then throughout my time, it just kind of, uh, for instance, my internship at Guggenheim Partners, which is a Wall Street firm, I had some mentors there and they really taught me to get out of my shell and learn how to get on the phone with people, do cold calls. Well, we called them sniper calls and sniper emails. And, uh, <laughs> you know, get in contact with people and get answers, ask questions. You know, one thing I think is really interesting about that is that um, we've had a couple of podcasts on this topic about why sales is a good fit for veterans. And I think instinctively a lot of veterans would think, you know, not having that traditional sales background, like maybe they didn't start as like an inside sales rep where they're just cold calling and, you know, kind of working their way up the ladder. I think that a lot of veterans think that, you know, how are my skills or anything that I did in the military? How is that going to be applicable to a sales position? So I really like that example that you gave, even something like selling new recruits on why they should, why they want to be there and kind of getting them excited. It, it really is more about persuasion and your ability to talk to people and sell an idea. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you in the past have sold like a product or service or anything like that. Yeah. And the thing about veterans is we've been trained to be trained. So that's, that's the thing you can, uh, as long as you're willing to be coachable and you give all, you give it your all, you're also trained to be a self-starter. And that's another thing about sales. It's a, uh, you know, your own success is your responsibility. So if you're if you're not succeeding, that's on you. That has nothing to do with the company or anything else. So being a self-starter, um, which most veterans are, is definitely an advantage. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of those intangibles that I think veterans could potentially sell themselves short on. But, um, you know, in the civilian sector, knowing that those are things that are valuable, which is another, I'm sure, and we'll probably talk about rewarding um, parts of your job here in a few minutes, but I'm sure that that is something that you've found to be rewarding and something that kind of led you to accept the job with Orion is that now you get to encourage candidates that, you know, they have the skills that civilian employers are looking for. And then on the flip side, you're able to work with the civilian employers and tell them why veterans are such a great fit for the variety of roles that they're hiring for. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the best things about this job. It's, you know, our product, our veterans, and that is something that I believe in. I could, you know, I could get a job selling anything, selling parts, you know, but I, you know, that's not really fun or rewarding for me. I mean, the money would be rewarding, but uh, Mm -hmm. this is, this is something I believe in. And especially with my experience, for instance, I've had my resume looked up and down. I've had, you know, my reputable internships and all that stuff. I've applied to probably, I'm going to estimate maybe 400 places online through LinkedIn or Indeed. 
little to no, little to, you know, no call backs at all. And then when I went to the hiring conference, I went on seven interviews in one day and they're promising big companies and, uh, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. And if I could do, you know, help other people like myself or get companies to realize that veterans are, you know, are valuable in the workplace, then that that's just amazing to me to be able to mm -hmm. make money and also do something that you believe in at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And coming from a background in law enforcement and in the military, um, those are obviously things that um, you know, there, there are jobs that people look at and say, wow, you, you definitely make a difference in that type of job. So I'm sure that kind of one of the key drivers in your career search was trying to find something that would be equally as rewarding. And so it sounds like you kind of found that here with Orion, but um, were there any other key drivers in your career search, such as location or um, family or really anything like that? Well, location was definitely a key driver. I knew that I wanted to get out of, as much as I love New Jersey and New York City, I knew that if I wanted a better quality of life, I was going to have to get out of there. Um, and for instance, in Texas, you know, you can, uh, you could live large, you could have a better quality of life. I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous to most people, but I have a washer and a dryer in my apartment. That's something that would not happen where I'm from unless you're making serious cash. And, uh, you know, it's just, like I said, a better quality of life, but also work culture. That's one of the most important things to me. I want to like who I work with. And like I had mentioned before, me and Lauren over the phone, I, you know, we really hit it off. When I went to the hiring conference, I saw the interaction between the AEs and the recruiters with each other. Then when I did my on-site interview, that's where I really got to see, you know, people in action and smiling faces. And it's just really important to me and laid back, work hard, play hard culture. So that, mm -hmm. was, uh, that was one of the key drivers. When I saw that, I was like, this is the company that I want to be part of. And it was probably nice to have almost like an immediate sense of camaraderie like you've likely experienced in your past with law enforcement and with the Coast Guard. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, when you're in, yeah, you realize that you're kind of like family, but it's more so, it, a lot of the times it's even forced, <laughs> but then when mm -hmm. you get out, it's it's like uh, the veterans were my people, and it's funny how, how things work out. Yeah, I, I think that that's one of the great things, no matter where you go to work, is trying to find people that, you know, you can identify with and people that make you feel comfortable. And, um, I mean, with a lot of companies, they do have designated veterans resource groups and different things like that. So I think the main thing is trying to figure out what the resources are within that company so that you can make sure that you're getting up to speed, um, you know, you're getting trained up on your job, but also that you like the people you work with. I mean, that is a huge, that could be a deal breaker for most people. I mean, um, whether you love the work you do or it's just kind of okay, I think the people you work with are always going to be what makes or breaks a job. 
Absolutely. When I was in uh, Minnesota, you know, doing ice rescue in the freezing cold, that wasn't exactly my favorite thing to do. But um, like we would train out outside every single day. But the people who I worked with made it fun. So if, you know, maybe like you're not doing the most desirable job in the world, but the people who you're around make all the difference. Yeah, definitely. So, Natasha, I know that, you know, having a background, like we've mentioned several times now in law enforcement and also in the Coast Guard, obviously that type of background would lend itself to you coming out very disciplined and driven. Um, how, what other things do you think about your background and your time in service have prepared you for a civilian career? I think that, um, like, Okay, so for instance, when I was at Guggenheim Partners, I actually had, you know, these two mentors and they were they were incredible and I don't think I'd even, you know, be at this job without them. They taught me that you pretty much you have to be outgoing, you have to be able to talk to people, start conversations with strangers because as far as what you've done on your resume, um there's always the the way things are going right now, jobs are actually realizing the value of veterans and it's getting insanely competitive. So the way things are now, you can't just rely on your experiences or your leadership ability. Yeah, that's great, but you have to be able to put yourself out there, be outgoing. Um it's just it's really competitive and uh you know, they they really helped me learn how to reach out to people, not be shy, and go after what I wanted. You know, the value of a mentor, I think, is probably something that all veteran job seekers would want. And I know it sounds like yours have been pretty instrumental in shaping you and kind of getting you ready for the civilian workforce. So how did you how did you come about having these mentors? Is it something that you sought out, or was it something that was assigned to you? Um, they were actually assigned to me, and I got very lucky that they were they were in it a hundred percent. Neither of them were veterans, but they just they just believed in veterans in the corporate workforce so much, and they they love veterans. And I got very very lucky. However, there are different uh, different avenues out there for veterans who are seeking mentors. I think there's like American corporate partners and Veterati. Um, so I think those out, uh, I think those provide uh, mentors for veterans also. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, yours weren't even veterans. And I really don't think that they have to be as long as, like you said, they're supportive and kind of in tune with the unique challenges that veteran job seekers face. But realistically, what you're looking for them is mentorship in the civilian sector. So I mean, it really doesn't require military background. I think that's an interesting point to point out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the good news is if you are a veteran and, you know, you have a civilian, um, you have a civilian mentor, they could teach you how to express what you've done in the military and put it in terms of civilian, you know, civilian language for others to understand. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things yep, I think exactly. a lot of veterans have trouble with. Yes, for sure. And a lot of times, even as a veteran, you might think that you have, um, you know, civilianized your resume as much as you possibly can. But sometimes all it takes is asking someone who doesn't have military background, hey, 
just, you know, skim this over. Let me know if anything sticks out to you. Does it make sense? Because I really think getting another set of eyes on it makes all the difference. Oh, definitely. I mean, your resume, like, have as many people look at it as, you know, much as possible. Um, there's so many veteran organizations and networks where you could have, you know, the head honchos of human resources look at your resume and give you hints and tips. Uh, like this, mm -hmm. you know, four block, for instance, that's a veteran career readiness thing in colleges. It's, you know, it's national, it's all over. They, uh, they'll bring you to Fortune 500 companies and they'll have people from, you know, these top companies look at your resume and give you tips on what you should change on it and what should be added. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And another thing is obviously Orion recruiters work pretty closely with our candidates to help them update their resumes as well. And then for you, like we mentioned earlier, you'll have now the opportunity to kind of be a champion for these veterans within the companies that you're working for or working with. So, you know, any of your clients, you can say, hey, this person's a good fit and here's why and point out those things that maybe they wouldn't have picked up on in their resume. But um, another thing, I guess, I just want to know from you, if you, now that you're in the position where you will be kind of giving advice to hiring managers and pointing them in the right direction for candidates that might be the best fit for their roles, is there any specific advice that you think you'll want to give to hiring managers that are considering hiring a veteran? Um, honestly, I say talk to them in person. The resume can only give you just a portion of their story. And when you speak to them, like you can find out how much their experiences align with the position. And if you're apprehensive about it, then think about who's in your company. Do you have any veterans currently working for you? How do they perform? Look at your, your you know, fellow businesses or even your competition. Do they have veterans? And what, how are they performing? Just ask around and you'll see that for the majority, veterans are usually top performers and they, they're trainable and they're able, they're self-starters. And it's usually a very, very positive review if you just ask around and be like, oh, you got veterans working for you? How, how do they perform? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good piece of advice is that, you know, even you mentioned earlier, Natasha, that you were, you think you applied to 400 plus jobs. So it really is the difference in sending your resume and just having a piece of paper. It's so much different than actually meeting someone face to face. And um, like we said, it's all about liking who you work with. You can really tell a lot about someone when you actually are face to face with them and you know, you get a sense of the energy that they are kind of putting out there and how you get along, how the conversation flows. And at the end of the day, I think really most managers want to hire people who they think fits into their culture and organization the best. Yep, totally agree. So it sounds like you did a lot of things right when coming out of the military. I mean, you got yourself kind of aligned with mentors and you started working with a recruiting agency to help you find your next civilian job. But is there anything that you maybe didn't do or that you wish that you had done or anything that you wish that you had known when you were transitioning out of the military? It was a, uh, like, yes, it sounds like I did everything right, but it took, you know, it was through a long time. And I just wish I would have, you know, maybe 
stopped working, like stopped sending out so many resumes over uh, throughout online and just started working with Orion or, you know, basically just work with a recruiter faster or straight away because the recruiter could have helped me with my resume. Um, They, you know, they, they would have worked with me one-on-one and gotten me, gotten me interviews much faster because there was a quite a chunk of time that I was unemployed. I was very stressed out. And then, um, yeah, just work with a recruiter, you know, when you get out and, that's, you know, the best thing about Orion is we're, we're free for veterans. I mean, mm-hmm. how, it's, it's awesome. And then, you know, there's also another piece of advice I'd have is uh, my mentors made me do this. They had me read how to win friends and influence people. And that's, it, it's a business uh, sales networking book that was written in the thirties, but it's still completely relevant today. And I can't even tell you how much that book helped me, helped me be outgoing, helped me network, helped me even with my cold calling and my, my emails, my sniper emails. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so yeah, those are my two pieces of advice. Get with a recruiting company and read that book and get out of your shell because being shy or timid in today's world is not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And you know what, um, when you mentioned all the resumes that you submitted and how working with a recruiter could have helped you, you know, really get your foot in the door a little bit quicker. It's almost like, I guess you yes. could summarize that whole statement by um, working smarter, not harder. So instead of all the time you wasted submitting 400 applications to all these online positions, when you work with a recruiter and you get your resume, you know, the way that you want it to be, they can send it directly to companies versus you know, submitting it online when they're receiving hundreds and hundreds of other applications. Absolutely, because not only does applying for the jobs online take so much time, applying for one job nowadays online could take over an hour. So, mm-hmm. and plus you have to tailor your cover letters to, you know, each job. However, you know, working with a recruiter, like I said, I did seven interviews in one day at a hiring conference. I, that's it that blows my mind it's just amazing and i wish i would have i wish i would have you know gotten with orion sooner but it yeah, all it's works like out another time yeah well it's like any other time you might have seven interviews over the course of six months and that might be as a result of you know hundreds more applications so it really is i think you know to sum it up just working smarter and not harder so i appreciate you sharing that i think um that's something that a lot of our job seekers at this point, once they work with Orion, they probably know. But um, when you're just transitioning out of the military, and like you said, when you were just transitioning out, there is a lot of stress associated with it. And when am I going to find a job? So it's, the earlier that you contact a recruiting firm, the better, even if it's just to get, you know, another set of eyes on your resume. But just the small steps as early as possible definitely helps. Absolutely. I mean, I could not even stress that so much, especially because, you know, it's, again, like you said, hundreds of resumes for the same job. Uh, you know, to to get your resume to a person, the computer has to pick up on it first. So definitely mm-hmm. recruiting is the way to go. 
And you always have those fun applications that you basically end up filling out all the same information that's on your resume. So like you said, it can take yes. like up to an hour to apply for one job. Yes. Yes. That's what happened. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, Natasha, I really appreciate you joining me today. Um, I know that you've shared a lot of valuable insight already, but is there anything else that you want to leave with any of our listeners, whether it's any additional thoughts that you have from your career search or just advice for theirs as they transition into the civilian sector? Um, definitely. I know this has been said over and over and over again, but there's a reason because it's true. You have to network. You've got to go to those things and be uncomfortable and extend your hand out to the stranger next to you and just introduce yourself because, you know, networking is how things are going to happen. And, you know, or if you're sitting on a plane, make start talking to the person next to you, just things like that. Um, but other than that, yeah, get in touch with a, get in touch with a recruiter. Orion's free, so you really can't go wrong. Um, you know, read how to win friends and influence people. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Don't be shy. Can't, you can't do it. It's not going to, you're not going to be successful if you're timid or shy. Mm -hmm. And the more you get yourself out of your comfort zone, the more comfortable that it'll, it'll become. Yes. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So that's, you know, so you feel, so you feel silly the first few times you'll get over it. Mm hmm. Yep, definitely. Well, Natasha, thank you again. I have really enjoyed talking to you today. And um, along with our listeners who learned all about you today, of course, this was my chance to learn more about you as well, since you are new here at Orion. So I look forward to working with you more and potentially having you back on the podcast once you kind of get, um, you know, your bearings and maybe have some other topics that we can kind of call on you as the new subject matter expert. Awesome. Well, I will be here and ready for that. And thank you so much for, you know, having me do this podcast. And I really appreciate it. And, you know, I can't wait to tell my mentors because I still keep in contact with them. <laughs> awesome. Well, maybe that's what we'll have you back on to talk about mentorship. I think that's a very good topic. Awesome. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.